Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Welcome to Dungeons & Dragons. We're a D&D 5th edition actual play podcast, and I'm your Dungeon Master, Russ Moore. And with me today is Carla Johnson. That is me, now playing Nerixius Acra, better known as Glim, a dragonborn paladin. Also with me, Tom Laird. Yeah, that's me. I play Moot. He is a half-orc wild magic sorcerer. And Amy Moore. That's right. Russ hasn't asked me to leave the podcast yet. I now play a Lightfoot Halfling Rogue named Sullivan Slight. Welcome, everybody. How's everybody feeling today? Feeling good. Cozy. So near death. <laughs> For two reasons. <laughs> Number one, <laughs> I'm sick in real life. Number two. <laughs> But I don't really feel near death. These characters are just like so delicate. Oh, they're so squishy. Babies. Like, oh my God, opening this character sheet was gave me like traumatic flashbacks because I only have like, you know, 11 hit points to my whole life. It's crazy. Dude, that's two more than I have. And I was like, I looked at it and I was like, did we battle last time? I thought for sure. I didn't lost. remember a fight. I've only talked to my two moms. It was a real <laughs> knockdown drag out <laughs> chat, though. Oh, my goodness. Um, yes, we are playing some new characters today. The characters that were introduced in episode 74. And if you're new here, we play Dungeons and Dragons. And we just finished a big Rise of Tiamat arc. And now we're playing new characters. So you get to know those characters along with us, along with us, as w- nope, that's not how you say that. You get to learn about those characters along with us. That's a better way to oh say God, that. Oh God, guys, we're terrified. It's like no. we're doing I it know. for the first time yeah. ever because we've been playing these characters for like what three plus years? years. Yep, yeah, more than three years. It's it's like wearing the same clothes every day, and then someone coming along and being like, mm, "New human wardrobe." Here's your fursuit, and then you're, I don't know where I'm going with this, but then you have to live in a fursuit, and you just don't know. You don't look like yourself. You don't know how to act anymore. This seems like a very specific example. Has someone come by and given you a fursuit yes, to wear? it is very specific. No, this, this analogy got away from me. Yeah, or like fair. maybe like starting a new job where you don't know how sure, to do anything yet. I mean, but I like Amy's. The better. human fursuit also a good. Amy's option. is more like universally applicable. Like everyone could really relate to what she was saying. <laughs> sure, Not sure, everyone sure. has a job, Carla, but we could all have fursuit. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know where we were going with that. New characters. New characters. Scary times. Scary times. For those of you who have been with us for for 80, 84 episodes now. The 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 OG characters, they'll be back. But we're going to start this thing off with these new characters. 
it's going to be a little bit of a, a time, a backwards time step. Oh. And then we'll catch up and then we'll, we'll it, it'll all make sense. I've planned it out in my head and those things always work. Always. Always. It will be hard, though, because we'll have to, like, not know things that we already know. Mm-hmm. You know how good we are at separating player knowledge and character knowledge? Don't worry about that. You You're in a different the, place. We also okay. forget a whole lot of stuff, so true. there's a good chance That's true. That's it's true. Over again. Something that happens that we haven't got to yet, but we have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash DumbDragonCast. Um, where when you join us, you get an episode dedicated to you. Like today's episode is dedicated to Lori Carrianen. Thank you, Lori. Thanks, Thank Lori. You, Lori. you rock. If you want to join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash dumbdragoncast. We'll talk about that more a little bit later. But in the meantime, fuck it. Let's play D&D. Where we left off was with our good friend Glim. We left you with your mama, Bean. And you were on your way and had made it to a temple of Bahamut. As you walk up the steps to the temple, you begin feeling nearly a physical pull. Almost as if something is drawing you towards the large wooden doors. As you enter, following your mama, you see seated at the back of the room, an older human male, long gray hair tied into a half messy ponytail, kneeled over in silent prayer. From above, you hear the call of small birds. And when you look, you see only a silhouette of them in the light through the open vented roof. You look down into the front of the cathedral and you see a seemingly humble setup there that opens up before you. Pews hand carved out of weirwood and within you sense a divine and vibrating resonance coming from the pews, leading or guiding you up to the front of the cathedral. What is Glim feeling or thinking, right? I think, like, a general sense of awe. I mean, she certainly has been brought up to worship Bahamut, so this is, like, would already be, like, a very powerful experience because I think she has never been to this temple, correct? I think that's what we Uh, said last time she had. Yeah, so this is already, like, a very powerful experience of a, like, you know, deeply religious person visiting a religious place um and i think particularly like she has those multicolored scales and i think her platinum scales particularly are like she feels like she can feel them more in this place your train of thought is broken as your mama touches your arm bringing your attention back to the front where you are surprised that you are now. You've made it through the entire cathedral, kind of the entire walk washed over you. Standing before you at the front is a hooded figure in deep blue robes, worn to time and fraying around the edges of their platinum threads. 
you hear a voice come from below the hood. You can't see a face. Tell me, is this person going to be someone you know or someone you don't know? Oh, um... I honestly thought it was going to be like a switch em up where this person's going to like pretend they're the priest and then the guy in the back's going to be like, just kidding, it is me. I don't know why he is it's Shakespeare in French. love, you know, with the French prince. Yeah. He pretends he's not the prince. Why? I don't know. Because it's fun. 15 years ago, I saw that movie, apparently. Top of mind. Um, but I would say this is not someone I know. Okay. The person lowers their hood and it is human female. She has grayed hair. She's got lots of laugh lines and deep wrinkles in her, in and around her eyes. And she says, hello, my child. You must have a hundred questions and I will answer as many as I can. But first, who do you believe you are? Well, I mean, I don't know if this is really true, but I've always in my clan been told that, you know, I was a descendant, a very, very, very far removed descendant of Bahamut. But I don't know if that's, that seems like it can't really be true. It seems actually a bit obnoxious to think that, but that's always what I've been told. As you kind of trail off there, a gentle smile crosses her face and she says my child you are a child of Bahamut not a distant relative not a long line faded you are a direct descendant of Bahamut himself And I look at Mama, who is with me, say, so are, are you a descendant of Bahamut too? Is our whole family? And I look back at the lady and like... Your Mama, who had taken a couple steps back once you had reached the front, she kind of clears her throat. She said, um, no, no, Glim, um... You, while your mom and I are your, are your parents, you arrived to our village um, when you were very, very young. And we took it upon ourselves to give you a safe home. It was made apparent to us that you had gifts and powers, not powers, but you had a, a draw to help people. And your mom wanted to protect you because of how, I don't want to say naive, but how naive you can sometimes be towards some of the dangers of the world. 
So you told me that that there was a dream that I was a a protector. Was there really a dream or did I have a note, you know, pinned to my swaddling clothes or what? The man who brought you to us, he told us that you were in line to be the world's next savior. We, how, how do you believe someone who says that? I don't know. But there was a dream, as, as I had said, that later came as you, as you got older, and it became very clear that there, there was more going on than what we had thought. Someone just bringing you to us, but following what your mom wanted to do, we protected you. We separated the village from all but necessary engagements and, and trade, shielded your view of some of the wrongdoings, which is increasingly harder in today's times. I mean, I'm stunned, I guess. Um, it's a lot of information, my little delicate, not that young, 25-year-old life, but still. I just have, I have so many questions. And I look um, back at the woman and say, did you, like, did you deliver me to the village? Should I be here? And I guess, where are my manners? What's your name? My name is Sirma. Sirma Shora. I was not the one to bring you to the village. But I was designated to be the one to help guide you once the decision or the call was put out for you to begin your trials as a bastion to Bahamut. Well, I mean, it seems like we're wasting time. Honestly, this bard came and he told us that Tiamat might be rising and the whole kingdom is in total disarray. And and I, I, because I was so sheltered, I feel overwhelmed by all of this information, but I want to help and I want to, I guess, live up to my destiny? Seems like a crazy thing to say out loud, but but that's what I want to do. It feels like the right thing to do. Being here feels right. Your time is, is coming soon. The troubles that are in the world now are, are being dealt with and will be dealt with. You feel that they are in capable hands. Your call is for something coming later. What that is, we don't know yet. Those who fight for Faerun and for Toriel and for the world at large are already out there making sure that there is something to fight for later. So what happens now? Do I... I feel like I don't know anything. Will you teach me 
how to help the world? I will do my best to set you on a good foot. There's a lot to talk about and a lot to learn. And before we send you off, we will do as much of that as we can. Dope. There it is. <laughs> Sullivan Slight, where we left you last, you were running away from the Cult of the Dragon. You had just been asked to do something that you deemed far beyond your abilities. My heart could not do it, ethically. You ran into the forest. How far did you run and where did you go? Well, I don't think Sullivan Slight knows where he went. Because north, south, east, west, I think those are all very... He's like more of a landmark kind of guy. So he just started running away. Away from where that village was in the opposite direction. As as far as his little, like, halfling legs would carry him. And he only stopped once he could pot, like go no further, just he physically could not run anymore. You wake up, bleary-eyed, your head hurts. Am I hungover? Maybe, I don't know, you could hey, be. you know what? It, it's entirely possible that you are hungover. <laughs> I, will, I, I will make that decision for no, you. I'm definitely not. The cult uh, did not allow footmen such as myself to arm myself with liquor. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, so you wake up, you're bleary-eyed, your head hurts, and your back is very sore. And as you clear the haze from your vision, you see cold stone dimly illuminated by light coming in through bars of a small window on a wall. I panic and, and scramble and back myself up to the closest wall so that there's nothing that can come at me from behind me. You do so, and you hit cold stone as you fall off the bench that you're on. You're looking around, and you see that you are in a small cell. Plank wood bench in front of you, a bucket in the corner, and several other cells that you can see, but from what you can tell, only one other person a few cells away. Otherwise, it is a very cold and damp prison. Hey! Psst, hey! Hey! He doesn't appear to, to move. Can I see if it's a man? Um, it, it looks like a man, yeah. Human man? Yeah. Human man. Hey! You! Dead guy! Do I, is there anything around me? No. Anything I can throw at him? Um, Is there anything inside my bucket? <laughs> anything I can splash at? Nothing, nothing yet. Nothing yet, all no. right. Um, yeah, no, there's nothing nothing in there, and it appears that you have been... All of your items appear to be no longer with you. <laughs> Basic Fuck. clothes. Um, Make a perception check. Oh, God, okay. Thirteen. Um, as you're panicking and calling over to the man who you're 
I'm sure if he's sleeping or just dead, you can't really see much sign of movement in general. You begin to hear the sound of street noise outside the window. Uh, so the window is located above the bench. Yep. But, okay. Um, I quickly and nimbly run up, jump on the bench, and and try to reach for the bars of the window. You do so, and you look outside and you see a. It's it's daytime. Um, you're not sure what time of day it is exactly. But it's a very busy street, and you don't really recognize many landmarks around you. There looks to be a long, narrow street that is main there. Um, there's a big open courtyard down at the end of one way, and you can't quite see around the corner going the other way. There are lots of people, uh, elves, humans, half-orcs, halflings, all kind of wandering about. How far away am I from those wandering people? Not super far. If I yelled at them, could they hear me? Let's try. Hey! Most of them don't pay much attention. A couple people kind of look over and as they keep walking. Hey, what what city is this? What town is this? Somebody tell me where I am. Uh, a small child um, kind of sees and, sh- and she says, It's Neverwinter, prisoner. Hey. Thanks. And you see her, her, her mother kind of like usher her along and give you a foul look. I kind of, I let go and I drop back onto the, the bench and I sit down and I try to do a little bit of mental math based on where I was and how close I knew Neverwinter to be. You know, Neverwinter was between 500 and 600 miles, about a thousand kilometers. <laughs> Far ways away and there's no way that I ran most of the way. 800 kilometers. To, um, <laughs> to Neverwinter. So I must have been picked up along the way. I, I look at the walls. Is there any markings or carvings or scratches or anything from previous tenants? Um, oh, nice way to say it. Tenants. The previous tenants, tenants. of this of this prison. <laughs> Bell? Um, yeah. It's a short-term the, rental. As you try Worst to, Airbnb ever. I give it one star. Um, yes, you see there's you know, standard prison kind of fare. There's tally marks. Um, Barhuer has a small dick scratched on there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Farhuer yeah. has a small dick. For a good time, call out down the street is also written there. Call out, just, <laughs> I want a good time! But nothing helpful that I can see on these, on these walls? Okay, I go over and I inspect the lock. Okay, um, make an investigation check then. Five. Um, it looks like a, a standard prison lock. Um, st- something that you have picked in the past, but you don't appear to have your tools on you. Is my hair still up? No. Oh, I'm a sneaky athlete, and I always have bobby in my hair, because you can't achieve a proper man bun without them. Um, I try my hand again at calling to... My buddy, my maybe dead, maybe not dead buddy. Hey, you dead? He coughs. <coughs> oh, that, that's a sound someone makes when they're alive. Uh, hey, mister. He kind of turns over, and then you hear <laughs> the door down at the end of the cells, farthest away from you, it opens up. It says, be quiet in here. Where's here? You're in prison. What? Well, <laughs> hey, 
Come over here. You seem like a very intelligent man. We need to speak. A well-armored soldier enters the room. He's walking closer to your cell. Stops about half a cell away from the entrance to yours. What's your name? I don't answer questions. Oh, God, you don't know your name? I know my name. I don't have to tell the likes of you. Oh, I never said you had to. Sorry, buddy. My name is Sullivan Slate. And you are? Dinner's not for a while. Oh, what's for dinner? Oh, better question. Do you know why I'm here? I was yeah. just camping. Like, probably 200 sure. miles. I don't know. Away from here. Mm -hmm. And I just woke up here. You were camping... Then stealing. Oh. And then you got arrested, mm. put up a fight, and then you ended up here. That doesn't sound like me. I mean, that's that's what's on the report. Show me whose ass I kicked. I mean, I you said, said I got you, into a fight. I said you put up a fight. I did not say you kicked someone's ass. It was implied with a tone of awe in your voice. So, dinner. What is for dinner? Same as every night. Rule. Well, how would I have known that? This is my first night here. I just assume people know what they eat in prison, and no, it's not no, good. No, no, no. Um, so, like, who's in charge here? Just... The is warden. You? Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I'm in charge right now because I'm highest-ranking officer here. Of course you are. Yeah. So what would it take for me to get a meeting with the warden? A uh, miracle? Hey, you seem like a miracle man. Can I make like a charisma check? <laughs> I'm I'm acting very charismatic, but sure. I don't. Yeah, make yeah. it. Uh, either um, are you going for persuasion or deception? Um, I think I'm going for probably persuasion. Okay. I'm trying to get him to do what I want. 16. What kind of miracle, my man, can you make happen for me to get me to see the warden? I only need five minutes of the fine man or woman's time. Well, the warden isn't here right now. Um, but, I mean, I could, I could get them to maybe see if they could come talk to you. You, you know what? Everyone here is wrong about you. You, the man. Don't you even think about what other people are saying because you know what's going down. And I appreciate you. What was your name? I didn't say my name. I know. I just wish I knew because I feel like we're really bonding. How did you know they're talking about me if I didn't say my name? Well, they were talking about the big, handsome, in head of the head of this place guy. That's not you? I mean... Sounds like you to me. It's definitely not Jerry. Oh, no, fuck Jerry. No, don't. Well, well, no, I mean, not even on my worst day. But, uh, well, thank you very much, miraculous stranger. You're welcome, Sullivan Slight. What's he been saying about me? Ah, God. ramblings of a crazy man. Just don't even. I'll beat him later. Um, he begins walking out. I wait till he leaves. And he shuts the door behind him. Yo, dude, look, listen, I'm super sorry about what's probably going to happen to you later. That wasn't my intention. Got away from me. Got away from me. You could have talked to me, though. You could have talked to me. Good Lord, you talk a lot. Yeah. 
grumbles and he's not turning turning to you directly. So what are you in here for? Uh, apparently I was selling goods not at the correct value deemed by the officers in charge. What a rinky-dink operation is this? I was told that I was stealing and then got into a fight and kicked some big ass and then I woke up here and I don't remember any of that. I mean, I think he said you got into no, a fight. No, I heard what he said. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> so, well, um, Sullivan Slight. And you are? And it sits up and turns and looks at you and says, uh, name's Murph. Nice to meet you, Murph. Merv. Oh, Merv. Sorry. Sorry, Merv. Yeah. I think we're going to be the best of friends, you and I. I think it's yeah. going to be good. Uh, how um, how awful is uh, the dinner around here? Her cool. Rhymes with cool. Yeah, they mix it with fish heads. Oh. So it's not <laughs> super great. It's all right. I'm ovo pesco lacto. I don't know what that means. I mean, I, I'm a fisherman, so... I think I'd like fish heads, but not the way they make them. It's all in the attitude, my friend. All in the attitude. Moot! We last left you leaving home. Yeah. Running away, kind of. Like, for the good of everyone, though. For noble reasons. For noble yeah. reasons, yeah. No, it was uh, definitely for, for for good reason. What is it that Moot is going in search of? Uh, Moot wants to find some sort of either teacher or some sort of uh, magic user to help him, like, get a handle on his situation. Uh, with your village and your family, you've, you've traveled reasonably far, but you have heard that there are teachers in several of the larger cities, but the nearest one to your village would have been Neverwinter. Well, that's where I would have went. It is a several day, if not week journey, and you set off from High Forest and you caught a lift on some caravans and surprisingly, didn't run into too much on the road, which you were told is um, something to be thankful for. After uh, a couple ten days' journey, make it to the gates at Neverwinter, one of the northern gates, and you hop off the caravan and set off into the city. And you, uh, along the way, you heard that there were tales of Neverwinter as the City of Wonders. There's a lot of artificers and wizards and before the plague, the spell plague was one of the highest looked upon cities in all of favor. It has since come back to near what it was before um, with some minor differences. An earthquake tore apart part of the city in the southern, southern southeastern quadrant there is a floating tower that hovers above that showed up mysteriously one day and is now considered a beacon of hope. You set into the city and it is 
about midday. There are packed streets, lots of people. And you are free to do what Moot would do. Uh, well, Moot, uh, is there any sort of guard or, like, maybe a, like, stop here for information about the city kiosk that he could maybe attend? There's, uh, we'll say there's, there's a, there's a hospitality center of sorts. I'm gonna, I'm gonna head on over to that hospitality center. The door opens with a, a, a chimed jingle as you enter, um, and it's a quiet building. Some bit of dust you notice, kind of collecting in the corners, um, and 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 a young male, probably in his early twenties, kind of bored looking, sitting behind the counter reading a book. And he kind of looks up and sees you walk in. And he says, "Well, what what can I uh, what can I help you with?" Uh, hi, hi, friend. Um, I was, I was wondering, are there, are there any wizards here? He looks up from his book again. He says, yeah. But like, do do you know where I could find one? Maybe a teacher or, or like a school or anything like that? Oh, you're looking for schooling. Are you looking to take up wizardry, are you? I mean, it wasn't really high up on my list of priorities, but then, like, I it kind of was all of a sudden. So yeah, I would, I would, I would love to know like what the deal is. Sure, yeah, there are definitely schools um, uh, for wizards here. There's a, there's, you can go uh, kind of. There's the whole Ar- Arcanists quarter down southeast. There, you could go visit there. Um, there's the school. I mean, you might have heard of the I've heard of the school. Uh, I haven't. This is uh, this is my my first time here in Neverwinter. Oh. oh well, welcome to our fine city. Neverwinter is a friendly city of craftsmen who trade extensively via the great merchants of Waterdeep. I, I feel like you've had to prepare this speech before, Wait. but really, you, you don't have to. Oh, Wait. there's more. Okay. This- their water clocks and multi-hued lamps can be found throughout the realms. Okay, um, Neverwinter gonna... gained oh. its name from the skill <laughs> of its gardeners, who contrived to keep flowers blooming throughout months of snow. I mean, Apprentice. I'm curious about these. <laughs> <laughs> they continue with pride. Sorry if I don't say that. Okay, they get in tr- yeah. I get in trouble. Okay, yeah, no, I I would hate for you to get in trouble. Um, so you you were saying the Arcanus Quarter and also a, a school. I would love to hear more about this school. Yeah, it's Nogwood School of Wizarding. Nogwood. Um, do do I need any sort of invitation to attend Nogwoods, or can I just go and knock on the front door? I mean, you can just go knock on the door. They're they're pretty nice over there, a little hoity-toity uh, compared to uh, some of the other folks in town. But um, you're just looking to get some information. Yeah, since I since I'm picking your brain here, mm-hmm. who, who are some of these not hoity-toity people? Maybe I can go see one of them as well. Not hoity-toity wizards. Um, I mean, there was this one guy I knew. He was pretty nice. I don't know if he's still around. I think his name was was Gabriel. Gabe. 
Gabriel. Could have been something like right. that. No, 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 it was a while ago that I saw him. Okay. Um. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I guess I'll just uh, I'll just head out. Uh, which which kind of direction are are all these places? Do you have like a city map, maybe? Oh yeah, sure. I've got maps. Perfect. Uh, final question for you, new new friend. Um, are there any of those water clocks you mentioned here in the city? I'd love to see one of those. They are nearest the water. <laughs> Some people think that Neverwinter looks like an angry fish, but really, it was designed in the shape of an eye. Oh. Hmm. Okay, I can Even see that. Even saying mm-hmm. that it's by something's by the water is not helpful. No. There's like ocean and then a river and then it looks like a lake also. Maybe there's one by every water. All the water. Just any water. I guess it is what they're known for, those water clocks. Um yeah, so now that I'm looking at the map, um can you maybe circle where where some of these things are like the Arcanist quarter or or Gabriel's place? Yeah, absolutely. I don't know where Gabriel's place is. He was at the he was at the school. Um, oh, okay. So yeah, um, currently, if you're looking at your map, you're right here. And he points to the uh, on the kind of north west. There's a two two spot that uh, signifying an entrance to the city, like a two pillar ah, spot. Okay, yep. So you just kind of came in. You're in the kind of that entry quarter entry open entry way there. Um, and he circles off to the west. What? Actually, that big open courtyard area on the far west. That's going to be your school. Okay. Um, and then across the river, he says, you can take one of our many sculpted bridges to get over to the Arcanus Quarter. Um, and it is the north side of the southeast quadrant. So it's split. Um, there is a giant river uh, that mm-hmm. splits through the southeast, or a lake, rather. That is the, the earthquake wreckage that came across our city. Uh, I do have a, a question about the design of the city itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I see a lot of bridges in only one section of town here. Why are there no bridges later, like over to the east? Well, they are to take you to the to the better parts of Neverwinter. Um, you see, down in the southeast section, that's kind of the beggars' quarters as well. They wanted to try and separate that part a little bit, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that, uh, I mean, I don't, yeah, sure. It, I mean, I don't see why there couldn't be a bridge over there, but I guess I'll have to do a little walking. You know, you get to take in our entire city, which is something that not a lot of people get to do. Okay, I uh, I, I appreciate the, the heads up and all the information. Uh, I'm going to go for a stroll over to the uh, to the Nogwoods Academy and see see if I can talk to someone over there. Um, yeah, yeah, you're walking through, uh, through the streets there. You see people of all different types of uh, races and backgrounds, and, um, you, uh, begin, yeah, you keep walking through the streets, and you pass underneath as you are walking a giant hovering, looks like part of a castle. A deep black 
in color and you walk into the shadow of it. I mean, you feel kind of a, a wash over top of you. Um, and as you exit the shadow, make a perception check. Sure. I should have asked the dude about the floating tower. <laughs> I forgot all about it. Uh, that is, let me pull out my stats here. Hang on. Because I got different stats. Uh, that is a 15. everybody how's it going you made it through you made it through the long month what we do now is we just say thank you for listening and thank you for being here and hopefully you're enjoying the beginning of the new season because it's gonna be a wild ride so wild and we're doing a sweet contest to kick off the new season where you can win a copy of ghosts of salt marsh the new adventure Module from Dungeons and Dragons, Wizards of the Coast. What do you have to do? What we would love is if you could tell people about us. And if you do that and tell us about it, then maybe you can win this cool new module. Absolutely. You can share a link to the show or to a specific episode if you have a favorite. Maybe it's this one. Maybe this is your first one. So you share it to Twitter using the hashtag DumbDragonCast or over on Facebook to your, your personal Facebook account, sharing the post that we have linked down in the description or that is plastered on our Facebook page, then you're entered to win Ghosts of Saltmarsh and some sweet stickers for, that we got from D&D Live. And Russ, what is our Facebook page? Facebook.com slash Podcast. Can I just say you should do it right now because you're probably like literally right now listening on a device? Where you could do this thing just right now, it'll take like 30 seconds, and we would appreciate it so much, and maybe a prize. So, all of the love in our hearts, and then also maybe another prize. So, that's pretty good. That's two prizes. So good. Uh, the contest is going on to the end of the month, but please do it now. Thank you very much for listening. Hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. We're back. We're not going anywhere for 83 more episodes. I, I don't know if that's that true. That's an arbitrary number, but okay. Yeah, I mean, very specific. That's what, we, that's what we did last season. Enjoy the rest of the episode. We'll uh, we'll talk to you talk to you soon. You notice that your shadow has disappeared. Does this freak me out in any way? <laughs> yeah, let's uh, make a let's make a wisdom saving roll. Oh boy! All right, that is a seven. You are freaked out. Your shadow is gone. What does Moot do? Is there anyone on the street nearby? Yeah. Maybe walking by me? Yeah, there are lots of people around. Um, I'm going to run over to somebody and say like, um, what happened to my shadow? Can you see my shadow? Uh, you run over to uh, a man who's dressed quite, he's in quite nice fineries and he kind of looks at you and takes a step back and says, what are you, the... You're new here, yeah? Yeah, it's my it's my first, like, few minutes here. Oh, okay. Your shadow will come back. Okay, but why did, why did it disappear to start with? The Shard of Night, there. Now kind of known as the Shard of the Moon, but a lot of people still call it the Shard of Night. It, it, the magics on it remove shadows. So you walk underneath it, your shadow disappears, it, it will come back in time. Don't, don't uh, okay. Worry. Um. Wh- what? Wh- wh- why? Wh- what is it? Why is it here? 
Did you not talk to the the information booth? I did, but he didn't he didn't say anything about this. Who, who was working? Was it? Uh, I, I don't know. Some bored twenty something guy. Then, uh, yeah, I don't have a lot of time, but I will I will tell you about the shard of the night. Okay. But I yeah, please. He, thank you. He kind of he kind of puts his hand on your shoulders. Like, are you going to be okay? I yeah yeah I I think so. Just talking about this is helping a lot. From quite a while ago, the shard of the night was. I mean, it just kind of showed up one day. I know that doesn't really explain a lot of things, but it has the ability to eat shadow and darkness is what they is what they called it. So anybody who walks underneath it, the shadows disappear. There was a group called the Netherese. They they attacked to try and take the shard of the night. They wanted its power, what it could do. They weren't very great people. But then one day, some lovely people, lovely lady named Lady Jasmine, she came along and she brought the shards of Salune and she banished these netherese from the shard of the night. Ever since then, these shards that were put into it, shards of Salune, have been have given more of a, a mystical, uh, fantastical, good aura that protects the city and has given it um, kind of a, a beacon of hope. So really now, more than anything, it's a, a religious symbol for Salune, who watches over the city. So why it's here? Nobody knows. It just showed up one. Is this is this Lady Jasmine some sort of sorcerer? She was kind of a priest um, of sorts. Not really a sorcerer. Or, or not really a wizard. Kind of a, a, a some sort of a cleric. Someone who's just more religiously driven. Okay. Uh, what, what was what was your name? My name is uh, Gregor. I appreciate the 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 information there, uh, Gregor. Of course. Um, do you do you know of any wizards around town? Yeah, yeah. There's lots of wizards in town. Um, what was your name? Uh, I'm I'm Moot. Moot. Pleasure. Um, what what are you looking for? Well, see, I, I kind of I need to find a wizard just to ask some questions, basically. Okay. Go to the school. Okay, Nogwoods. No, yeah. Go to Nogwoods. Uh, so you got that information from the from uh, Denton. Yeah. Go to Nogwoods. Yeah, I mean, just there's a, it's a big gate that you're gonna, you're gonna have to go through. They'll let you through. Not a big deal. They love people coming in. I mean, they probably don't love people coming in, but I mean, if you're, you're seeking information, is what you're doing. Go to the front yeah. desk. Usually a lovely lady. Uh, named Shilsu. She's usually working at the front desk. Tell her Gregor sent you, and that you have a few questions for for somebody there. All right, I, I can I can do that. Thanks, uh, thanks, Gregor. Of course. And I kind of hustle on my way. And he watches you go, and then walks off. You uh, keep walking through the streets, and uh, you hear a call uh, coming from one of the buildings. Hey. I kind of look up 
but I don't really notice anything out yeah, of the ordinary. You, you hear somebody yelling out of a window, but you don't really quite see them directly. You keep going. Um, you pass by a, a, a tower that looks like it has one at one point fallen over and it has crashed down into the streets and there are people kind of going in and out of it. Uh, very jovial. Um, it looks like it's been made into, from, from the face of it, uh, a sort of tavern. Um, and you carry on to the gate of Nogwoods. Do I have to knock? Is it open? Is it closed? What, what's the deal here? It is free to travel up the path if you so desire. All right. I'm going to kind of almost double time my efforts through the gate. It's a long, long stretch of road that goes up to a large castle at the center of this wide open green clearing. Uh, one of the few green clearings that you've seen since you've been in here. And you make it up to the big front door, uh, which appears to be kind of cracked open just a little bit. And I kind of give it like two big raps on the door as I kind of slowly open it and say, Hello? You hear a, a your voice kind of echo and bounce off the, the open chambers. Um, you hear some voices from down inside and some footsteps that come to the door and pull it open. And there's a an elven uh, female. She says, y- "Yes, you can you can come in." And she opens the door and allows you through. Uh, hi, um, I ran into someone named Gregor who told me to come talk to a, a, Shil- a Shilsu, I believe it was. Yes, Shilsu, that's me, yeah. Oh, um, yeah, I was, I was wondering if you guys could maybe help me out or answer some questions. Of, of, of course, yes. Um, is, what, what are you, what are you looking for? What's your name, sorry? Uh, oh, sorry, um, my name's Moot, mm-hmm. um... Yeah, I I kind of had this magic happen uh a, like a couple weeks ago and it it was really scary. Uh so I was wondering if you guys could maybe help me. Mag- magic happened. It just happened. You weren't like you weren't like playing with spell books or scrolls or uh, I've no, I've I've never never seen a spell book mm. or at least to my knowledge. Ah. Okay. Uh, well, come in. Have a seat. I will. Uh, I will see if there's someone uh, who can come come speak with you. Okay, thanks. She ushers you to a seat in the corner by her desk, and she kind of goes off into the back of the chamber that she's in and leaves. We cut back to Glim, and you um, are standing with the priest and your mama and you've just been told that you are a future savior of the world. Sirma looks at you and she says your journey will take you far across Feyru several several times over. What we will teach you here today and for the next few days is what Hopefully you can expect along those travels. We will grant you some tools of the trade, some tools of your calling that have been left to be bestowed to you. And we will try to answer as many questions as we can 
before we part ways for now. She walks back to uh, a half-open door behind the altar, and uh, she says, come, come, come with me. Well, I'll be staying here, right? So can I have a minute to say goodbye? Of course. Just come join me when you're ready. She nods to uh, Bean and walks in through the door. Uh, well, I turn to Mama and say, this is a lot to take in. Yes. And I'm scared and overwhelmed. But I think I'm doing the right thing. So I guess thank you for having me be your daughter for these last 25 years. I love you. I give her a hug. She says... And I say, beat it. (laughs) She says, we love you too. Okay, well, I'll try and be back soon. I guess I don't know how long being the savior of the world's gonna take me, but I'll, I'll see you soon, okay? And I follow Sirma through that door. Bean watches you go and you turn back and see her begin to walk out. You also notice that the that the room is empty now. You don't hear the call of uh, the birds um, or I see the see the old man who was sitting at the back. He left at some point. You walk through the door and laid out you see a shield platinum edged deep blue shining shield with the emblem of Bahamut in the center of it. Beside it you see a scuffed up steel used war pick that although it looks used still has a vibrance and a radiance to it that you can't quite explain just by looking at it. And you see Sirma go over to them and pick them up and hand them to you and says, we will begin training with these tomorrow. If you have any questions now, let's talk about them. Otherwise, it is uh, perhaps time for rest. I think... I'll have a lot of questions tomorrow, but for right now, rest seems like it might be a good idea. And she takes you back out and out of the chapel itself, and behind there are a couple of single-roomed quarters. Uh, And she leads you to one of them, and she says, this is where you will stay for the next few days or week, however long you need. I will be in the other one if anything comes up. Please come find me. She opens the door and puts your stuff down inside and leaves, or goes to leave, in case you need to stop her for Um, no, I think I, like, want uh, some time to process all this business. Okay. Uh, so she closes the door behind her. Um, and you are alone in this room. It's a, it's a very modest room, a single bed, a table uh, with uh, two small chairs at it 
and some writing utensils and paper. Otherwise, not a lot in this room. What's Glim doing or thinking? Um, I think that she is probably going to, um, like, try to commune with Bahamut or, you know, like, meditate, essentially, and think about, like, try to center herself. And, you know, she is a deeply spiritual person that needs to kind of reconnect to that because her whole life has totally just changed. Music in today's episode was by Kevin McLeod of incompetech.filmmusic.io. I'm reading pews. Do you want to sit on one of those? <laughs> so, <laughs> good start. <clears throat> I'm in a holy place, I, Amy. I made Tongo so red. <laughs> the man who dropped you in our village. Not dropped you. The man who brought you. I'm very tough. I'm a dragonborn. You just yeah, those kids. Right. They're fine. It was really a Here. double dribble situation. <laughs> <laughs> he got he got into home. What is it in football? Anyway, he spiked her. So. Enzo. Enzo. Home. I love it. Hey, that's baseball, right? We know sports. It's fine. It's sports ball. Yeah. I yeah. sports all the time. The world's next savior. No pressure. Jesus. Right? Fuck. Savior, that's a big word. The world's next protector. No, no. Stick with savior. Savior. Sure. Drop that bomb. You're bleary-eyed. Your head hurts. Am I hungover? Mm. Did I grab a brush and put a little makeup? (laughs) Dude. Did you leave the kids up on the table? Here you go. Create another fable. Somebody tell me where I am. Uh, a small child um, kind of sees and sh- <laughs> What? <laughs> you there, boy. What, what day is it today? <laughs> it's Christmas day, Mr. Scrooge. <laughs> that's how I feel like this is going. Yeah, that's fair. You remind me of, of um, Willy Wonka, <laughs> but like in the new one where Johnny Depp plays him. <laughs> Welcome, children. I shake you firmly by the hand. She nods to uh, Bean and walks into the door. <laughs> walks in <laughs> through the door. <laughs> through, through the door. No, she hits the jam. She, everyone has, you know, their problem. Dungeons and Dragons is a Dumb Dragons production. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. I'm Carlotta Botox, actress, thinktress, and influenceress, and I'm spilling all the tea on Hollywood. Name? Carlotta Botox. B-O-T-O-X. Spell the first name. It's actually Botox. B-E-A-U-T-O-X. Of course it is. First name? Botox is actually my last name. My first name... Okay there, who's on first? I know it's your last name. Now I want you to spell your first name. Oh, Carlotta. It's C-A-R, as in the automobile. (sighs) 
L-O-T-T-A, like lot of talent. Uh, wow. Just wow. There's also an umlaut. The f- the umlaut? It's two dots and it goes over the... Okay, Carlotta, two dots. Just take a seat over there. We'll call you when we're ready. Meanwhile, we'll gird our loins. Check out the Carlotta Botox Chronicles, available now on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher.